we're back. Episode three. Hello. Hey, it's Kyle. And Abby. We matched. Now what? This. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is what? All right, babe. So, uh, I don't know. You want to tell us, tell the people what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. So, on today's episode, we are going to do a bit of a story time. Yep. Um, if we figured we'd do one of these every now and then. Um, kind of giving like, it's, there's a word for this actually. Anecdotal. Yes. It's an anecdotal episode based on, so like some of the topics that we talk about, our yeah. story times are like great examples yes. of what we want to talk about. So today's story time is a classic, how we met. So we're going to be talking about how we met, what led up to the point where we met online yeah. for the first time, the whatever this is. <laughs> you did this on the I first did, episode. I, did, I was yes. trying to. <laughs> instead of a. Instead of a, yes. It was a. <laughs> it was a bob and weave. Yeah, we, yeah we, we, took our, we took our time. From like what we shared on the podcast already, I'll kind of like just zip over that. Well, well, we could do a quick recap. <laughs> okay. You started dating online. Yeah. In the middle of the pandemic, yeah. summer of 2020. Yeah, like May 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say I had maybe only like a handful of um, conversations that I guess kind of stood out or a little longer than like the, so many of those conversations were just like, you know, two to three days and then it just doesn't really work out. Somebody kind of just loses it. Like you lose interest. It doesn't really go anywhere. Very like common experiences. And then maybe like a handful of them were, you know, conversation that lasted a couple of weeks or whatever it may be. And you did mention how in the first episode, you had a two week minimum. Yeah. So I guess because of that, because I had like a, a requirement of talking for a certain amount of time before going on a first date, most of those didn't pan out. <laughs> there was a lot of, I feel like in my, in my experience, there was a lot of coming and going. It's a lot of experiences where, you know, we talked for maybe like a, a solid week and it looked, it looked pretty good, but then, you know, something happened in my first experience. It was a bit of ghosting in my second experience. It wasn't, wasn't ghosting per se. Like there was definitely conversation and context as to why we had to take time apart. And then, yeah, so this, it, it, there was always like something like someone would leave and then I would go like, you know, I guess like try a different route. Like I'd go match with somebody else and see if that worked out instead. Yeah. And someone would come back. Ah, um, uh, yes. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the extent of my experience. So it was limited in people, but the, the storyline was, was never very, um, straight and narrow you mentioned that you have been on only two first dates yeah one of them being me yeah. obviously <laughs> yeah so you had an experience before me yeah uh, i guess we, we yeah. should well okay so like i was on i was on uh bumble in may i think we matched like late summer we did at the time we matched i don't think i was i might not have been talking to anybody kyle and i talked for about a couple of days i want to say maybe like yes five i'm gonna say it was close to a week i feel like yeah i think I think it was a week. Yeah. Roughly at, like after a week I asked you out. Yeah. I feel like it was after a week. Kyle's like, I guess I like, went out like my, is something that stands out is like how people ask you up for a first date. So just like, I mean, straight up, like out of all of the people I'd spoken to on the app, you were probably the most direct and most respectful. So that stood out to me. Um, <laughs> good job, babe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I... I agreed to go on this date, even though it wasn't really like the two week minimum, but Kyle just stood out to me. Should I let you take over at this point? 
Or yeah. Or maybe do you want to catch us up with what you were doing up until we first? I think so. Okay. Yeah. So in the first episode, I talked about how I started dating at 25. The experiences from when I started to about 28, nothing really came out of it. Uh, met some cool people. We just ultimately didn't buy. Yeah. At 28, tail end of summer, I just had a great summer. That 2019, best summer of my life, I think, so far. <laughs> I went to Jamaica with my best friend. We had a great time, got back and was just really feeling myself. And, and prior to going, I was in a spot where I was unsure about dating. I ended up matching with somebody that I knew from high school. Reconnecting with her was, it was nice. We didn't have to go through that, like getting to know each other phase. Even though it had been 10 years since we had talked, it felt like we were picking up where we left off. And the value of that for me at the time was, very high because I felt like I was getting annoyed with continually going over that uh, process of like getting to know somebody. I had only been on like a handful of dates prior to this encounter, but at the time I was thinking like, you know, the effort that I was putting in to getting to know people and then for it to just fizzle out. Yeah. It exhausted me from dating. Yeah. Right. So this to me was kind of like a, somewhat of a breath of fresh air because I didn't have to go through that again. Yeah. It was very easy to just start talking to this person. Knowing this person before, I think had it was a positive and negative. It was a positive in the sense that it felt like I was comfortable right out of the yeah. gate. Yeah. I think it was negative in the sense that I was foregoing a lot of my uh like I guess boundaries. I knew that I wanted to be in a committed relationship. That's one of my boundaries. I guess because there was that comfort already built from my perspective going into this situation. I was more open to amending my boundaries or mm -hmm. completely changing them, which ultimately I don't think was a good thing. Mm -hmm. I think it ended up leading to a toxic relationship early on. I had asked, like, are you looking for something serious? She didn't know, but she's not opposed to it. So as long as it wasn't a, like a definite no. I was willing to continue the relationship and see where it went. Right. Yeah, that is a red flag both of us experienced. Yes, exactly. Um, if you're looking for a committed relationship and you know you're, I'm going to say like in your 20s. Yeah. If you're in your 20s looking for a committed relationship and someone's saying they're not sure, but they're not opposed to it. Yeah. I just think those two people are just not on the same page. I've learned. Exactly. I've learned yeah. as well. In, in my earlier encounters, I, I was the same way, but that's, I guess, my takeaway. Yeah. In the moment when emotions are high, you can get caught up in it. We were having fun and the conversation was great, in my yeah. opinion, at the beginning. After the experience of dating from like 25 to 28 and nothing resulting from that when it comes to a committed relationship, yeah. I felt like I was more laid back. I was like, you know what? Sure. Because at this point, you know... I haven't really found anything yet. So maybe this is the route to... Uh, yeah, you start relaxing your um, expectations. Yeah. Um, what I do want to say on that point is I think the reason that people are so incompatible when they you have the person who wants the committed relationship and the other person who's just not so sure, the person who wants the committed relationship ends up being a lot more hopeful. Which I was. Yeah, and yeah. compared to the other person. And so when you're both trying to make this work, one person is like has an expectation. Yeah. And it's so hard to drop that expectation. I don't know if I, in my experience, I don't know if I, um, 
even tried or if I just pretended to drop it. Like I, I don't even remember right. how I was approaching it. But I think, I think that's where the incompatibility comes from is, is how both of those people are approaching st- trying to start something. Yes. One person who's hopeful that that becomes a relationship is trying to create a relationship. The other person is not trying. Yes. They're like just seeing how, you know, how everything unfolds. Right. And that, that, that's a, that can be a real bummer. Yeah. So for me, I, I was super hopeful. I felt like I would be able to convince her through my actions and just being myself. I think ultimately what happened was we just weren't on the same page. The question got brought up a lot. And then it seemed like it was gearing more toward on her end. I'm not looking for a committed relationship, at least right now. I'm not looking to have kids. That was the beginning of the end. There was a lot of like back and forth and emotional like manipulation, in my opinion, on both ends. At the end of the day, we weren't compatible. We didn't want the same things. Mm -hmm. A plus that came out of that relationship for me was the boundary that going into future like dating experiences or relationships, I knew that I was going to set that from the get go because I didn't want to, it wasn't like a waste of time in my mind because I did, I learned something and I also grew as a person thanks to her. I feel like that experience really helped me own myself and get more confident like in who I was and the things that I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a podcast, for instance, like this, like to me is like being on camera talking about my experiences. If you had asked me two, three years ago, mm-hmm. that would have been like the scariest thing on the earth. <laughs> right. I don't think I could have done it. Yeah. Now I'm here. Like we're, we're going through it. Right. That relationship ended in. Oh, yeah. It ended on April 1st, actually. And I remember thinking it was like an April Fool's <laughs> joke. <laughs> uh, turns out it wasn't. Anyway, so. <laughs> I didn't give myself time to heal from that situation and reflect on it. Mm-hmm. I kind of just went like, I'm like, you know what? So this is like, you know, she was like not into uh, a committed relationship. I'm just going to go find somebody who is right. Yeah. Didn't like realize that, you know, there, there was that period of like grieving yeah. that you kind of have to, like, I, I feel, I realized after that I had to go through, but beginning of May, which was like a month later, I like got back into the game, onto Bumble, met somebody new at the time, like, because I, I realized that I was like, I just got out of a relationship mm-hmm. and how that would probably look. I mean, I was open about it. I had, I had told this new yeah. person, like, yeah, yeah like I essentially point. just got out of a relationship because of that. It was more casual. We became friends first. We had a great time that summer. I had like told that this new girl, uh, in the summertime, like after like a month or two of hanging out and being friends that I had feelings for her. They were not reciprocated at the time Mm -hmm. when that was determined and kind of set in stone. I was like, okay, well I appreciate the honesty. We remained friends, which was awesome. And I jumped onto the dating apps again. Mm -hmm. And that's when I interacted with you. Yeah. We met on Bumble. Yeah. I, what I really liked about our conversations is that out of anybody that I had ever talked to, it was the most, intellectual interaction that I had had, which, which I really liked. And and I mentioned on the first episode that I kind of used the fact that the woman had to make the first move yeah. as a filtration process. Typically the women that put in more effort to their opening messages or that first like opening interaction, yeah. I was more inclined to continue a conversation with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was 
something that I noticed immediately about you <laughs> was that you, you hit me with the exclamation point. I'm a sucker for an exclamation point, <laughs> like enthusiasm. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, I use exclamation points too all yeah, the time. Right? I know. We kind of both do. That's like yeah. our thing. And uh, one thing that I remember uh, that was a coincidence almost was the fact that, you know, you were in school for psychology uh, and your best friend was a graphic designer. Yeah. I was a graphic designer and my best friend had gone to school for psychology. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that like mirror yeah. uh, situation. And I remember it like helped the conversation because like when you would say something, I could, you know, reference something like Sam had told me and be like, oh yeah, like I, I understand. Cause like I, you know, I've seen it yeah. on her end and like vice versa. Like I would talk about something I learned like Kyle's really in, in like interested in learning and knowing what I was learning. Yeah. Um, and so I would say something and you'd, you know, kind of had some, uh, exposure to it prior. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because psychology and mental health, although I've never really had any like formal education on the, on the matter. Yeah. I, I mean, I took an intro to psych in college. Yeah. So that was something. There's something. Um, I've always had an interest in it. I'm somebody who like thinks about my own mental health a lot and, tries to think of ways of like working on it and making, you know, my own, I don't know, mental fortitude, strength better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think like that was something that we, we kind of connected on as well because, uh, mental health you mentioned yeah. pretty early was very important to you. Yeah. I was, I mean, yeah. So I had always been invested in it, but then also like in 2020 in the pandemic, like I feel like I, even more so just like through the personal experience of kind of having the like, you know, go, go through the, that lockdown, everything, every, yeah. every single time you wake up and you're like, and the lockdown's still happening. It's like, I don't know. It's like hitting a wall or something. Yes. And so, yeah, like in, in, for some reason when I was dating, I would bring up mental health all the time. So I think it was just in the forefront of my head. Yeah. Of my, and I love that. I love that about you. That was like another one of the green flags for me was that like, this was somebody who, not only like loves to talk about, well, not, I don't say like loves you did, but you did like, you like to talk about it. Um, like you had a passion for it Mm -hmm. and you just, your self-awareness was something that I noticed very quickly. And I like to this day will compliment you on. uh, Yeah. Thank you. Depending on what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, self-awareness is something that I just find super attractive and you've got that in spades. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to say like, from my perspective, the thing that stood out about our conversation and like, I, like for me, this is a huge compliment. Like it was a wholesome conversation, very wholesome, um, which I loved. And I didn't have that. Uh, and if I did, it was always overshadowed by something else. Um, like conversation, like it may be, it, the conversation may have been like, um, really respectful and wholesome, but there, it was just always overshadowed by something else. But with Kyle, it, I, I didn't see that. Like it was, I just had to, I got this like wholesome conversation to enjoy with nothing else yeah. to worry about at that time. So, um, that really stood out to me. I think I was, it, it wasn't, it wasn't super flirty no, at all. Like, which was again, I, I liked, I like that too. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to like, t- like rewind a bit. When I first got on um, Bumble, the first conversation I had, some of the boundaries I'd set for myself was like, I don't want to come up too flirty from the get-go. Yeah. This is my first experience with dating. Um, I mean, straight up, I, I didn't really feel confident doing it. Like, I didn't really know what, how to go about it and giving an impression that I was comfortable with. Which is great because not only is it authentic to who you are, mm-hmm. um, 
if you had been super flirty off the rip, like, I don't know if I would have been as receptive. Yeah. Because there was like, I would get messages sometimes where the opener would be like, you're cute. Yeah. And I would just be like, okay, like, thank you. Do you thank you. But is there anything else? <laughs> is there any substance? To, all, is that all we're going off? With yeah. And, and for me, it was, it was a turnoff. I didn't, I didn't like that through dating you. I kind of realized what my type was intellectuals who are self-aware and aren't overtly flirty. In that first experience, I think I went, I went on a couple days where the conversation was, um, this is the first person I matched with. The conversation was great, but like kind of platonic, but I loved that because I, I think that's why I interpreted the conversation as, as great. But every time this guy got a little bit, a little flirty, I, I'd kind of shut it down. And so it was like three days in, he sent like a, a shirtless picture and I was like, I'm not sending one back. And he was like, that's totally fine. I think I kind of gave a bit more of an explanation as to like, like what, how I was trying to approach dating. And he said something about like how, how like that was really classy of me or something. And like he, it sounded like he appreciated it after that message, like nothing, for like three days. And then I realized I'd been ghosted. Ah, uh, yes. And uh, the first ghosting, the first ghosting <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. Right? Anyways, what that conversation kind of taught me was, or, or what that experience taught me was, I was like, okay, maybe I do have to be a little flirty. So I, I, I messaged him like three days later and I was, I was like, oh, like, is everything okay? Like the response was, it got kind of boring. And I took that as a challenge. <laughs> Instead of just realizing that we weren't compatible, I took it as a challenge. And I was like, oh, I got, so now I, I just ended up being flirtier. Okay. It, it was it was something I eventually, like, I'm not going to lie. Like I did get comfortable doing it, but you know, maybe I just didn't like it before because I wasn't used to it. Yeah, some people, it some people would argue that you, you kind of need to be flirted to a certain extent to let the other person know that you're, you're interested. interested. Yeah. I thought it was like fine. I thought it was kind of me getting used to talking to guys and like used to the idea of dating. But then when I started conversing with you and I felt like I didn't have to do that, it was like setting into my roots and like, wow, this is kind of what I wanted all along. Instead of like me changing myself to be accepted by um, a guy, it was now I found a guy where I can actually just genuinely be myself. And and that was reciprocated. Just so you like, just so you know that people know, I felt that same way. It felt like that initial conversation that we had when it came to first impressions, like I was the most authentic version of myself to date. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember. I'm, I'm super glad I didn't come off as like flirty off, like off the jump because I don't even know what, I didn't want to come off too try hard because I knew in, in the relationship, I wouldn't be able to maintain that. So after about like, let's say a week, I was super excited to, to go on a date with you. I had asked you on a date. I think it was a Sunday lunch or brunch. Yeah. Oh, can I say another thing that I, that was, that was the reason I went out with you, even though it hadn't been that long. I hadn't been on a first date prior to Kyle asking. Right. Um, even at that point. So I would always have this like situation where it's like, we should go on a date and I'd be like, okay. And then there'd be like zero plan or like zero initiative taken. When Kyle asked me out on a date within the message of you asking me out, there was an itinerary. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And I was just like, that's that, okay. That's what sold me. <laughs> yeah. I've gone through that and realized that, you know, people are typically pretty indecisive when it comes to setting up a date. So yeah. it's like, okay, how about Sunday brunch, 1 PM here, like yeah. this location. Yeah. And it makes it easier for 
you to be like, oh, that works or that doesn't work, right? Yeah, I. It, it saves time. I was all about like, like, let's just get to the the meat and potatoes here. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember thinking that the most attractive thing about you, even like, so even here, but then even later on, and but early in our dating phase, like, the most attractive thing was how decisive you were. Yes, um, because that is what you will get in. Like, you will get so much indecisiveness on in dating. It was something I was kind of overlooking until I met someone. That's who was how I perceived decisive. it. Yeah, I was like, I, I feel like being decisive is a green flag. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So I asked you out Sunday afternoon for brunch. Yeah. And I was, I was beaming. This was like the most excited I was about for a first date because compatibility wise, you had checked every box for me dialing it back. So at this point, like, uh, you know, I, I, I had, I was in this like friendship with somebody that I had met on Bumble. I think the Friday before going on the date with you, her and I had met up to just hang out. I think we were going to go play like basketball at a park or something like that mm-hmm. uh, and watch a movie. I had told her that like, oh, like I met this girl. Um, we're going to be going out on a date on Sunday. I noticed somewhat of a shift in the way that she was acting. So we watched this movie like she longboarded. Um, and like while she longboarded, I was like, like playing around with the basketball. We went our separate ways. The next day, which was Saturday, I woke up to this paragraph of a message from her, my friend. Mm -hmm. And basically, in summary, it said, you know, I think I'm developing feelings for you. Like if you're if you still are reciprocating those feelings, like maybe we try dating. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've never been in this situation before in my life. (laughs) On the one hand, I met you, somebody that I felt like I was super compatible with. And had already set up a date. And then on the other hand, I, I have like my friend who I had feelings for said that she didn't have feelings for me, but now she yeah. does. Yeah. I felt like I was in high school. And yeah. this was like a, an experience that I did not go through in high school. I was very like yeah. timid and did not socialize much in high school. So this was, I guess, uh, that experience for me. <laughs> I, was at, I was in a bind. I, I, I thought about it a lot. I knew that I had had feelings for this, this girl, my friend. So ultimately I decided let's give it a shot because we had already spent the entire summer together, like as friends, right? We knew that yeah. we kind of vibed in that sense. We had fun like doing stuff. So I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. So like the Saturday, the day before we were going to go on a date, Yeah, I messaged you. Should I read the message? Do you have it? Well, yeah, I can, I can get it. But one of the reasons that I sent this text is because I wanted to be straight up with you. This, mm-hmm. it was, a, I knew it was going to be a hard text to send and possibly receive, but I trusted that based off of what I knew about you and how you were an all around very understanding person, even like that early on, I figured you would appreciate something like this. And I'm glad that I, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, I'm really glad that I did this because I feel like if I had not, if I had not effectively communicated with you in this way, I don't know if we would have ended up together. Probably not. Right. <laughs> so I feel like this text was like a big deal. In in retrospect, it, it's yeah, it was a big deal. But I like that you did it in the moment because, you know, like we talked about in like even the earlier episodes, like it's just effective communication is really all you can do. Yeah. You can't really control how somebody else receives it. But, you know, on your end, you did. Yes. What you could to handle the situation as well as possible. So I, you had asked me like, hey, Kyle, how was your night last night? The day before this was, so this was the day before, like, again, we were supposed to go on a date. Mm-hmm. 
And I had said, Hey, Abby, it was an interesting night. I feel like it's only fair for me to explain my situation with you. Bear with me. I have this friend who I met on Bumble a few months ago. I developed feelings for her back then, but the feelings weren't mutual on her end. So we decided to stay friends. Yesterday, she told me that she has feelings for me. Now, we talked about it and decided that we want to give the relationship a shot. I just wanted to be transparent and let you know where I'm at. I really enjoyed talking with you and getting to know you. I respect you. And the last thing I'd want to do is lead you on. I don't want to be that asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And you had said, thank you for being transparent with me, Kyle. I really do appreciate it. I understand that some things have their own timing and I hope things work out for you. I said, thanks, Abby. I appreciate how understanding you are. It means a lot, which it did. I wish you all the best. Yeah. So from my perspective, if I had been in a situation where I had to choose between two people, I think I would also choose the person I already spent time with in person. And to some people, like some people would have been like, oh, well, like just go on the date. You can date multiple people at once. Yeah. That just was not my style. Yeah. I'm so glad you didn't do that. It did not sit well with me to have multiple people on the go. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I would have blamed you necessarily, but it would have sucked to go on a date and like liked you in person and then have it not work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's just, it it just goes in line with that idea of like the more you invest in something, the more it sucks when it doesn't work out. So yeah, I'm I'm glad you didn't do that. Um, So I guess we'll, we'll, we can throw it back to you now. So I ended up pursuing a relationship with this person. Obviously it didn't work out, but in the meantime, after we had gone our separate ways, what had happened yeah, so with you? At this point, I think I was, t- I'd, I, can't, I can't remember if I'd matched at the same time as I'd matched with you. Because Kyle and I talked about this before too. It, it is a struggle on, on the dating app is when you're just, you get kind of caught up in the, in the swiping. Yeah. Like this is something I would do differently if I, you know, God forbid, had to do it again. Um, oh. <laughs> the idea gives me sh- uh, chills the but like if i, I just limit or or pay attention to how much you're swiping because i didn't love the idea that i would get matched with m- multiple people at a time sometimes it would just happen but it would yeah because like you would just be swiping and the matches wouldn't be happening in real time right and then you know next time you open the app you've got like five matches and you're yeah. like oh you had a time limit to respond yeah um, oh, you did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time limit. I, yeah. I, I remembered because that's, that's the only incentive I had to mess, to message the people I matched with. Yeah. It's like, okay, if I messaged one at a time, I would, you, you lose the match. Right. Um, and that, that's a weird feeling. You're like, oh, what if that was the one, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the day, like Bumble felt like a game. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, like, you know, you don't want to lose the match and then you want to get, yeah, it was. Yeah, sometimes I like I thought about how like you watch the timer go. Yeah, each individual person. Like I'm just like like I'm swiping profiles and not like I understand that these are people, but it's like I'm making these like judgments. I know, yeah. You know, and and it might like it's hard know. to humanize. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, I feel like it's a dehumanizing experience a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Anyways, I think I would matched with this person probably around the same time as you, and so when that didn't work out. I guess I, I just I just simply moved on because I had that closure, which is another reason I appreciated your message. But anyways, I, I moved on to this talking to this guy, and um, he also had that similar vibe of decisiveness, which I liked. So I kind of just latched onto that. 
And um, essentially that was my first dating experience. Mm -hmm. At this point I was in school and working full time. So I kind of had to balance that with dating. And so we, we would end up going on a date like every two weeks. But in between that, there'd be like plenty of messaging and plenty of phone calls. Um, and I kind of thought that that was enough. Three months in, he got, get, sent a message my way that was like, we, he, he wasn't ready for a relationship. In, in, he, once when we first started talking, he was ready for a relationship. Three months in, things had changed and he wasn't ready for a relationship. But I was already like, like I was invested at this yeah. point. Yeah, three months is a long time. And yeah, and I, I think when it's your first experience, like you do kind of just like romanticize it yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I believe the reason he said he didn't want to be in a relationship was like, cause he didn't have time. And I was like, okay, well, is what we're doing right now too much? You know, talking on the phone, texting, and then going on dates, um, every, you couple know, every couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, cause I was like, we can just keep doing that. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, I just wanted to be. Um, like transparent with you and know that like that's like that's kind of where I'm at like so I wouldn't be going like gearing towards a relationship um I like I had addressed like if you wanted to if you wanted to see other people that was fine too because because we weren't we decided not to be exclusive do you think you suggested that to him so that you wouldn't lose the connection yeah I was pretty desperate to maintain to maintain some sort of connection because like you and in, in the um experience you had or you were looking for a relationship but you know the girl you were uh were with or at the beginning she said she wasn't sure but wasn't opposed to it right and you said like you know i was just gonna go through it and kind of show her that you know you were the best, try, yeah try to person. yes yeah. yeah so that was my intention as well as i didn't want to i just didn't want to lose the connection because i felt like we had something good and so i was like as long as i'm still as long as like he'll still talk to me eventually he'll realize or hopefully he'd realize yeah. that like there was also something there and yeah. I was, you know, like we would be a good match. It's funny how like, we, I feel like we can both recognize that it sounds silly in hindsight, but in the, in the moment when feelings are invested, it seems like a reasonable approach. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I think it sounds silly. Cause I, it, I, the only th reason I think it sounds silly is when you do it with someone who isn't looking for a relationship. But if you were, because I think that is essentially what you do when you date is that you, you're, co you constantly show what, what you're bringing to the table. I think it's, yeah, I think it's silly when it's, when you do it with someone who's already told you they're not looking for a relationship. I think that's, or yeah. if they're confused. Or, or unsure. Right. Yeah. I think it's silly to expect that they're going to, because at that point, if, if they're not sure they want a relationship, they're not really even paying attention to how great you are. It's, it, yeah, that's the thing is you. When you're in it, you think that you can prove your worth, yeah. but it's not on you. You think that you can influence their decision, yeah. but, but when they don't know or don't want a relationship, that uncertainty has to be resolved from them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I kind of think I approached dating you in a similar, where, a similar way when everything I did was in, in a way it was, it was to accommodate you. In a way that didn't compromise what was important to me. I think that's how I approached dating this guy as well. Was I would accommodate him in a way that wasn't compromising to me. The approach works well for me, but again, it only works well for someone who's going to be receptive to it. Yeah. Um, if you were looking for a relationship, so you were paying attention to what I was doing. Yeah. He wasn't looking for a relationship, so even though I was, you know, jumping through hoops to keep him, he wasn't. He didn't notice. He wasn't like paying attention the way 
like you would because you guys were just looking you you were approaching something different with me yeah that's a good that's a good way to um distinguish the difference yeah yeah i'm actually i I realize that like as i'm saying it back because i i don't think it was a terrible approach you just have to do it with someone who's also doing it yeah yeah I liked the guy, but if in retrospect, he didn't really do anything to make me feel like he was trying. Whereas like I was, you know, trying to figure out like what to say, like how to say something in a way that would impress him or like, you know, make me stand out to the other girls he's dated because he talked about his experiences a lot. So like I, I knew, I knew what he didn't want. And so I was like, I'm going to be the essentially the exact opposite. And uh, that didn't work either. So <laughs> I felt like I did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. When someone's dating you and someone says, I don't want a relationship, at the end of the day, you kind of have to acknowledge, like, they don't want you. <laughs> yeah. Because even if you didn't want to be in a relationship, but you really liked the person you were in, you would hesitate to tell them you didn't want a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, I, I, I was having, like, I would go a week without talking to him or something because I just didn't feel. And it was almost like a game where. Who's going to text Who's going to text first? Right. He, at this point, he would almost never initiate a text because he didn't want to lead me on. And that was a terrible feeling for me, too. Right. It's like I'm just like I felt like I was the one who was like grasping to straws. So, yeah, and I, I would say that went on for like another three months. Like things picked up in December and we're kind of looking up in December. But then like January was there was like nothing. Um, and then February was the last time we ever talked. So I was in school. So I would reference like academic papers when we would talk about things and he had asked, uh, you know, how does, if you don't have, if you're not in school, like how do you get access to like um, academic papers and stuff? And I was like, okay, like, I'll, like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I was like, you can use my, uh, my, like my login or whatever. Like, I don't mind. And then he was like, no, I don't want to do that. That seems kind of sketchy. And I was like, okay, I'll look into it. So I like, looked into it and it was, I found something that was free. And so I messaged him. I was like, Hey, you can like, you know, make an account here and you get like uh, so many papers free every single month. And I was like, I, I don't, I doubt you're going to read like you're going to max out. Yeah. Um, and so didn't get a response to that. And then at this point in time, a group of friends and I were planning a trip. We were, we were in talks events. We made a group chat. And so I had to add a new number to my phone, like for this group chat, the guy I was dating and the guy who I was adding to this group chat had the same name. I intended to message the guy for the group chat about the trip. And I ended up messaging the guy I was talking to about the trip so it made no sense and then so i i I sent that message and then a follow-up message being like oh sorry like wrong person the names got like i got the names mixed up when i was adding this contact so no response to those last three messages at this point i'm like oh like i've been ghosted (laughs) yeah and uh it like sucked but at the time i was more like disappointed and mad yeah that like that's how we chose to end it because so much conversation about how straightforward he was how honest he was how he didn't really care yeah um, about how he came off, he was going to be honest. And so I, I kind of knew like at the end of the day, if he was going to end things, like he was going to tell me. Yeah. And very similar to how I respected when you told me your situation. Um, if someone's going to end something with me, that's fine, but just tell me. Yeah. And that like, I, I had a lot of respect for the guy at the time because I, I thought at the end of the day, he speaks his mind and he, he wouldn't shy away from the truth. But being ghosted was kind of just like, it was unexpected and, and, and like, quite frankly, like unacceptable at that point. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's one thing to ghost somebody, but it's another thing to say you would never ghost somebody. Yeah. So uh, that was in February. And then so at that point I was like, no, I'm not dating. Like I had some guy message me from like way back. He messaged me to like re- reconnect. And I was like, no, like I just got out of something. Like I'm not, I'm not interested. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's always, I feel like there's that period of time after you, you like 
get out of a, I mean, you guys weren't in a relationship, but a dating experience. Yeah. Yeah. Where, you know, it ends less than ideally. Yeah. And then you just kind of have that sour taste in your mouth about getting back out there for a little bit. You gotta, you gotta go through it. Like similar to what I talked about prior, I feel like you gotta go through that period of centering yourself. Yeah. Like when you're emotionally invested, because it could, yeah, it, it could be any situation, right? You might be in a relationship. You might just be dating someone and you're emotionally invested. It might be like, like totally unrequited love where you're like, you know, just admiring somebody from afar and you're fully invested. Yeah. Um, and then they start dating somebody else. And so you, you do have to get some sort of like closure and like, yeah, recenter yourself. Yeah. Um, and get over it. Like, you know, get your emotions out and it kind of like just, uh, I honestly think like it's, it's time. Like you just have to let time kind of like, you have to fill your life with other things and then kind of like just slowly put that person out. Yeah. And, and so I, I really think time's the only thing that does that. So March I, is uh, when you reached out again. So you want me to give my quick recap of yeah. like from when I left off with you mm-hmm. to when we reconnected? Yes. Yeah. So where I left off, I ended up trying out a relationship with this girl that I had become friends with. I had established that I'm looking for a relationship. I want to have kids. So I was sticking true to the boundaries that I had created from that last experience. I was kind of unsure about my feelings in this particular relationship. I was more sure about them in my first one. And I I had, I remember I had a conversation with uh, one of my friends, Ooze, about this. And I'm like, I remember I was like, I don't really know where we're at. Like, I don't, this was like after, I guess like a month or two of being in a relationship. I was like, unsure. I was like, I don't really know where we're at. Like, I like her a lot, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel unsure. I knew, I knew that I enjoyed spending time with her. And then in October, she felt a little distant. And like, I've always been the type of person to not read into it. I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather just assume that like, oh, maybe they're going through it. And eventually they'll let me know like, oh, like, sorry, I've just been having a week or a day. About a week of that, like feeling of feeling of distance. She said, hey, uh, do you want to grab coffee? And I was like, sure. And I remember I had texted. So I think I texted Ooze. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm about to get dumped. <laughs> right. So we meet up for coffee. And again, it was just like we just started talking like, you know, like we had been talking for the last five months, but there was this underlying tone of like, I, I felt like she had something to say. And eventually toward the end of this like coffee date, she had brought up the fact that like, she was kind of unsure about like her feelings toward me and the relationship and, and what she actually wanted. And it was just giving me like flashbacks of like how, you know, you, you, like, you, you think you're like, kind of on the same page with somebody and then turns out like, you know, you're just not. And there's like a, there's frustration there. And I, go ahead. I was gonna say, when you said there was like distance leading up to that conversation, was it like just like zero, no conversation or was there conversation, but it was like not as not the same conversation. The frequency and effort put into her messages were, uh, was noticeably different to the standard that had been set. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I noticed that. And, and I feel like you're like most people are going to notice that. 
And like I said, I'm not the type of guy who's going to be like, Hey, like, what's up? I feel like, you know, there's, is there something going on? Like, I, I feel like as adults, you know, like if. Yeah. You let them come. I'll let them come to me. To right. It when they're ready. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So on this, like this date, which I perceive is going to be like a breakup date. She brings up the fact that like, she doesn't know like if, you know, we're like whether or not she wants to continue this, I guess. And I was just asking her to explain herself like, okay. So you're saying like, you don't feel like you're not sure about where this is going. Why? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess through my question, she couldn't really give me a good answer. I think I even had asked her, I, like, I'm like, so like, was this going to be like a, like a breakup date? And she's like, I felt like it was going into it, but then I was unsure about even that by the end of it. So by the end of this date, we like nothing changed. We, we, we decided like, we're still in a relationship. We're still going to give it a shot. The, the conversation kind of got back to what I was used to or what we were both used to for a little bit. I remember we went on a rock climbing date together on a Friday night. And then we had come back to my place where my brother and sister were there. We ended up like playing a game of Catan. If anybody knows Catan, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a great game. Her and my brother had gotten to it in a conversation about like alcohol. Like they were both adventurous when it came to trying different mm-hmm. alcohols. Yeah. Before the night ended, she had mentioned to me like, oh, like I have this really like good idea what to get your brother for, uh, for Christmas, which at this point it was October. So she's talking like, in my mind, it's like, she's already planning to get my brother something for Christmas. Christmas. I thought, I thought like, wow, that's such a nice gesture. Like that's such a nice thing to bring up. Yeah. That's yeah. That's something that like elicits a lot of hope. And it reassured me like that. Okay. Like she's seems like she's come back around, right? seems like she's invested again. So that was Friday when I woke up on Sunday or like Sunday afternoon, I remember I just got like, I got a text, like a breakup text wall. And I remember I looked at it and I I remember I laughed because this was one thing that I brought up to her early on in us dating and how that's how my first relationship ended. It was via text, which at that time too, I also laughed at. The reason I find it funny when people choose to break up with somebody via text, because I feel like it's like outright cowardly. Mm -hmm. I think there's a time and a place. Sure. Like if, you're worried about your safety or yeah. Um, like if somebody, if the person that you're talking to is like a, an aggressive person and you just don't know how they're going to react. Yeah. Um, I mean, as you know, with me, I'm as chill as they come. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm not a pushover by any means, but like when it comes to like being understanding, like I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty understanding. So what really rubbed me the wrong way was that I had told her when I had first met her about my experience with my ex and how I just, I don't appreciate yeah. after you've had that investment of months to break up with somebody via text, the respect for me, like immediately drops, yeah. right? It, it blindsided me. And I think that's, that's the perfect term is that this one really blindsided me because of like, I had just mentioned, like she was talking about getting my brother a gift for Christmas, yeah. which was months away at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, like things were fine. Yeah. Initially, I didn't really have much to say. I said like, you know, within that same day, I was like, all right, well, if it's not reciprocal or if it's not mutual, it's not mutual. Like I, at that point I had told her that I had feelings for her still. Um, but I'm like, yeah, if it's not reciprocal, then it is what it is. Like have a good one. Right. Yeah. I think I had like a few of her things on me, like at my place. And she said, yeah, like if if you don't mind, uh, um, I'll come by at some point and, um, to get my things. Right. And I was like, okay, sure. So that day rolls around and 
I thought that like, you know, at least like I was pissed, but I felt I'm like, you know what? Well, like she's going to come by to yeah. get her stuff. So at least like I'll have that closure there. Right. Yeah. An hour before she was supposed to come to get her things. I get a text saying, Hey, do you mind if I just send an Uber to get my stuff? And at that point, like any respect that I had was gone completely. Yeah. It didn't feel like there was any respect for the time that we had put in. Right. Yeah. I like, I feel like everybody, you know, deserves like some kind of closure, some kind of reason. Right. Yeah. Like if you're, if, if the feelings are gone, that's, that's one thing. Like you can't really do anything about that necessarily, but like acknowledge that like the other person you know, was, was still invested. Yeah. If you're not going to respect the other person's, like how the other person's going to be affected by what you're doing, then I mean, like, it's really no room for you to respect them either. And I think that like what upset me the most about the entire situation was, um, I considered her a good friend of mine. And in hindsight, I wish we never tried out being in a relationship. I would have just stayed friends. friends yeah. So she ends up sending an Uber, which I didn't even know you could do that. Like an Uber shows up to my I know, place. I did not know that. Um, I put, like I put her stuff in the trunk, and uh, like the guy just takes off. I text her, I'm like, "Yeah, it's on the way." She's like, "Great, thanks." Like, see ya. And then I didn't, and that was it. Right? I was upset of just because of how it all went down. Right? I wanted more respect than that. I wanted like a phone call or like meet up with me and like let's talk. Like. Like, I don't like it when people like just want to get their point across and then not like let you have your say or. Like, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Like get your own closure. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, you know, want to have that conversation as to why, right. It goes back to like why I like I, I, ghosting is so cowardly. It's because you're not giving that person who you ghosted respect. Yeah. Cause like one of the hardest parts about having something end on you is the fact that it ends on you without you having a say. Yeah. So at the very least, like having a conversation like it feels like you could be, you get to be a part of that decision. Yeah. Whereas like, if you just like, if it's just a text or if you get ghosted, you don't, you're like, Oh, well this thing now has just happened to me and I didn't get to be a part of it. I didn't get to say, say in that decision. It takes courage to make someone a part of the conversation. It does. Yeah. But people respect it. One thing that she did mention to me prior, she admitted that she didn't like being vulnerable. And I think there's something to, there's, there's a lesson there. I think vulnerability, a lot of people view it as a weakness. I view it as a strength. Yeah. The more transparent about things that make me uncomfortable, boundaries, like being vulnerable in general takes courage. Yeah. And I'll always respect people who opt to uh, explain those vulnerabilities, right? Yeah. Yeah. Being vulnerable is probably one of the hardest things like I've had to learn how to do and then also had to do in being in a relationship. Like being vulnerable is like, it's, it's underrated for sure because I think people, people consider it for a bit and it's like, no, that's really scary. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And they, they, but they figure they can work around it. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's, no. it, it's not something you can work around. Anyway. So I, I thought like that was going to be the end there. Um, I ended up because I was in such a, I was in a, such a weird place at that time after that, where I felt like I was going through both of the breakups at the same time, because I felt like that friendship slash relationship with, this girl was like holding over the grieving period of like that first relationship. Mm. So I feel like when that one ended, I was experiencing both of them at the same time. It was, it was overwhelming for me. I just felt like I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I ended up uh, moving to Waterloo uh, with who's like one of my friends. Yeah. 
super thankful for him, like letting me stay with him. Yeah. Um, I, I, cause I felt like I needed a getaway. I had a phone call with Ooze cause I was like, I was emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling him about like what had just happened. And he's like, yeah, man, like if, if you want, like you can come like live here for a bit. Cause he, he was like, his parents were in Costa Rica. So he had his whole house to himself. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take you up on that. I'm going to come down. Right. So I, I come down, like we, he's kind of just like helping me get through it and like rationalize it. And the more we're talking about it, the, the more angry I'm getting. Right. Cause I was suppressing that at first. Yeah. And he encouraged me. He's like, you know what? You should, you should be able to say what you want to say. Right. Like you should be able to get off your chest, how it made you feel. So I remember I stayed up until like 4 a.m. And I drafted this like wall of text in my notes of things that I wanted to say to her, right? And it wasn't by any means inappropriate or disrespectful. It was just explaining how her choice of ending it via a text message, why I didn't respect that and and how it affected me, Mm -hmm. right? So she responded. She was apologetic, which I appreciated. Mm -hmm. She asked if I wanted to have a phone call. I said, yeah. We had a phone call. It was very civil. Like there was no yelling. Like I was just happy to like at least kind of talk through it. She uh, suggested that we go like meet up to talk about it in person. Like we went for coffee. The gesture was nice. I appreciated it, but we didn't talk about anything. Yeah. Like it was just like two friends on like hanging out again. Right. I drove her home. Like we were downtown Toronto and I drove her home and it was like, all right, well, yeah, like see you later. And well, not see you later. Because I knew that we weren't going to see each other later. Yeah. After we went our separate ways, I, I called Ooze because like, I, as I was on my way back, and I'm like, yeah, like I was just very confused about that whole situation because I, I don't feel like I got closure from it. Like I felt like it was like, we didn't talk about anything. It was just like very casual. That's so weird. It was very weird. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was very uh, confused by the situation, and and it, and it wasn't like it was her fault. It was also like I also didn't bring anything up. Like mm-hmm. yeah. That's, yeah, I, I I just kind of felt like the ball was in her court to give me a bit more of like a bit more context as to how she was feeling. Yeah, because she suggested the meetup. Yeah, first, right. So it sounded like she was going to use the opportunity to explain more. Exactly. I still respected the, the fact that like we met up, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, I went back to Waterloo, lived there for a couple months, moved into my new condo, and uh, after that experience, at this point, I was just annoyed that and 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 i understand that this is a part of dating yeah but for me i couldn't help get over the fact that you know you could it's like you can put all this effort in and then people can just like without warning blindside you like that yeah that really didn't sit well with me i needed to make sure that that wasn't going to happen to me again right and i realized that i had to kind of work on myself first right develop yeah. boundaries figure out exactly what it was that i was going to look for, like that i was looking for and uh stick to that groundwork yeah after being ghosted i was in a similar place where i took it more like dramatically like i was like oh, i just don't want to date again like i don't want that to ever happen to me again i don't want to feel like that again i'm sure to some degree i knew that wasn't true like i i was being very like like being a bit of an extremist um, I knew that and I knew it was just going to take me time to kind of get like back into the idea of opening myself up again. Yeah. But I, like, like you learned from your experiences. I learned a lot from that experience too. Cause I, I think the, the way I, the reason it hurt so much was because I had 
like I had explained before, I had accommodated this guy without compromising too much of myself. And it felt like that at the time, but I, I think I, 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 in retrospect, I realized I did compromise too much of myself and that's what hurts. It felt like I'd put in more than I was really willing to. Right. Like I was putting, yeah, more than I was willing to, to make it work and then it didn't work. And so now I felt like I lost more than I would have had I just maintained the same boundaries I'd kind of anticipated keeping going into, into dating. Right. Because you ultimately, you changed yourself. Yeah. In the hopes that it would make this person notice you more or see you more yeah. as like a, a prospect or like a prospect. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I compromised like some of my boundaries because I thought that's what dating was. I thought, you know, you, you, in some areas you'd have to meet people halfway. And while that may be true, I think there's, um, some people, myself included, will have certain boundaries that just like are non-negotiables yeah. and like don't touch those. Right. <laughs> because if you do and it doesn't work out, that hurts so much more than you. And I think that's why you maintain certain boundaries. Specific boundaries are maintained because early on in a relationship when the commitment's not there, by investing a lot of yourself in, in, a, in something that isn't, that doesn't have commitment, like you're more likely to lose your investment. Right. And so I knew going into dating again, like I was going to take it super slow, which I didn't even really have a say with that with you, but like, cause you were doing that too. Basically we're, we were both going through a period where we didn't feel like we wanted to date. Yeah. So March rolls around. We had each other on Instagram from when we connected the first time. Yeah. One day I saw you post some tacos that you had made. Yes. And this was like three days after I'd made tacos and posted about it. Yeah. <laughs> So I just hit that with the fire emoji, like right away. Yeah. Right. And uh, that was essentially the start of us rekindling the flame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with my flame. When I messaged you, I was still of the mindset that like I was not ready to date. Yeah. The reason I messaged you was because I wanted to build more relationships that it's funny because of how it ended up with us. <laughs> but I wanted to build more relationships that were just friendly and and connect more with people that were similar to me. Yeah. From what I remembered about our interaction, our brief interaction back in the summertime, you know, you were somebody that I thought was very much on the same wave, wavelength as me. Yeah. So I thought like, it'd be pretty cool to have Abby as a friend. How did you interpret that? I did not interpret it as platonic. <laughs> you did not, yes. But yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, as there isn't. Yeah, as long as... Um, In fact, some of your friends were like, be careful, yeah. Abby. He might be on the rebound. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I... When you'd reached out to me, I'd pretty much determined that you were single again. You're right. Like, a, a lot of my friends were saying, like, you know... Be wary. Be, be wary. Yeah. Um, he could be looking for a rebound. Also, like, I wasn't in a place where I... I wasn't in a place where I wanted to date, but I was obviously like, still, like, upset. Um, so I guess my friends were also concerned. I would jump into something to kind of like, like I would look for a rebound and that wasn't really the case. I wasn't interested in that. I definitely interpreted it as like, oh, like, you know, Kyle's trying to make a move. Right. Um, but my approach was, I'm not going to, like, I was like, I don't want to be presumptuous. Like, I'm not going to say anything until he actually asks me out. If he asks me out, then I'll say like, Hey, I was in this situation, like not ready to date. Right. But I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to shoot you down. I don't, it's actually funny because I, everyone told me that's why you were coming back. And I even thought that's why you were coming back. I also recognize that like you it probably like would that. think like, yeah, that, what I mean, in today's day and age. Um, yeah. It's like a pretty, yeah, a pretty common phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, and again, I don't even, I don't even think that's a terrible thing. To be honest. We left it off like fairly well. We did. And I would be lying if I said it, it wasn't something that I thought would be a possibility for the future. Mm -hmm. I just knew at the time. Yeah. You were. I was happy being single. Yeah. Yeah. Because of how we left things off. And I think that's uh, another thing is we had handled that so well. I, I didn't want you to like, you know, message me out of the blue and then me just be like, you know, either not respond or, or shut it down mm -hmm. um, by being, because I was being presumptuous, you know, like we'd already like. And that was, that was, that was, so well. that was for me, a big reason why I wanted to met, like reach out to you was because of how well you handled that. Yeah. We handled that. We both were yeah. very respectful. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I'm not trying to flex and say like, oh, I'm just like not that person who's like, you know, going to be presumptuous in me. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is true. Maybe I can give myself a bit of credit there and, and, and acknowledge that like, I, I didn't, I never intended to hurt you. Of course. Um, so like, why? Wow, there's really nothing else to say. Like, if you if you're just gonna reach out with like a friendly message about my tacos, I'm going to reciprocate. Like, why wouldn't I? But yeah, I was weary of the fact. I was wary of the fact that you might ask me out, and then I would. But I always had this thing prepared where I was gonna be like, I'm just, I'm not ready. Yeah. Um. But that was in March, and so we talked from March, April, May, May, with it just being platonic. Yes, and it wasn't very frequent either. I mean, it, it picked up as time went on, yeah. but I feel like for the first couple months, like we would just react to each other's stories, stories yeah. and then jump into like a brief exchange. And, and although it was brief in the sense that it only lasted like the day or maybe even the next day, mm -hmm. uh, we would sometimes go in depth about things. Yeah. I had a really interesting, um, approach to, to talking to you because and I've, I've told you this, but, uh, I essentially was again, like had it in the back of my mind. I was like, like Kyle might ask me out because we had that chemistry before. And so <laughs> I was kind of beating you to the punch. I was like, I'm just going to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like I had no filter at this point. Um, I was still like heartbroken from being ghosted and I, I'm not going to say I was anti-men, but I. I didn't want to put up that facade of trying to be what I thought was attractive to men. Right. Um, you were just being you. Yeah. So I like typically when I first start talking to somebody, like I do kind of try and play it cool. Um, I give them space. I like, I don't want to text them too much. I don't want to get bothered if they don't text too much. That's, I mean, kind of like my general pattern of how I start things off. Yeah. Um, even the guy I dated, like we dated for three months and I, for the most part, would give him a lot of space unless like I had like something to rant about Yeah, and then I would go off. But I did that later on. Like I didn't do it like right, right from the jump. Um, with you, I did it right from the jump. Yeah. Kyle would ask me a question and I'd be like, well, I guess I'm going into this. And yeah. I would get some like three like long messages. Yeah. I was like, I don't care if that comes off as crazy. I don't care if that comes off as like. And it didn't. Overwhelming. To I, me, it was. It was a breath of fresh air because it was like conversation without expectation. Right. And I would hit you back with. Yeah. He, I, just I, as much. I would send him something. And I'm like, she looks crazy. And then I, would, I would get another paragraph back. And I was like, oh, 
<laughs> so he's also crazy. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but I, yeah, like I always describe that I was being my most genuine self because I didn't care that if, whether or not you found it, like what I was doing attractive because I wasn't, which is it's like that, like, because we were being platonic, I didn't try to attract you. Yeah. Which is like my favorite thing about how we started dating. Yeah. Because, because it did, it was attractive that, you know, you would like my most genuine self. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah. You would, you would send me these like really thought provoke. We would get deep too, mm. which was so yeah. fun to get deep with somebody who I didn't even really know that well. You know? Yeah. What I mean? Cause you hear this fresh take. Yeah. About someone you don't really know. So you don't know what they're going to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was really, I really enjoyed that. And the more like we had these, like, you know, whether it was like a hot take or, or just like deep conversations, we got to know more about each other that way than if we had dated back in the summertime. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I don't, I, that like, pressure wasn't there anymore. Right? Yeah. Like I, yeah. Like I'm saying if I, like I was the most genuine version of myself because I didn't try to attract you. Whereas when I am trying to attract somebody, I, I do kind of like dial back. Right things I might think are like overwhelming. Like some people don't mind someone who's talkative, but I always kind of like wait to see if someone's okay with talkative people before I, I show them how talkative I can be. Right. Um, but with you, I didn't do that. I was like, yeah. And it also wasn't, you're right. Like there were deep conversations. Like I would go off about like body image on Instagram. Like that's yeah. like a pretty hefty, like thing to just like go off. Like for a stranger to hear me talk about that. Like I was like, that's not attractive. <laughs> no, it was. It was like the fact that you were be able to be so open and honest about your takes. I I love that because that's when you get like yeah. juicy conversations, right? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. And I I'm really grateful for how things played out because like again, like I don't I feel like I was yearning that. Yeah. Because that was something that I I had not experienced before. Yeah. Um among friends or relationships. It's like, wow, I, I can't believe how much like how this is just getting better and better. Yeah. It, it took me by surprise. So May rolls around and I, you know, how about we like go on a date? I take you to Centennial Hill, which uh, I love going to because there's a great view at the top of, uh, you know, you can see Toronto, Etobicoke, and Mississauga all in. Yeah. All in one uh, rotation. I was like, yeah, th don't worry. This time I won't cancel. Yes. Yeah. This time I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> It was, uh, no, it was a great, so at this point, like we'd spent so much time getting to know each other. I was. And there was no like fl flirting. No. Yeah. So platonic. It was so, it was as platonic as it could have came. Yeah. Right. Um, which I, it sounds like we both maybe not needed, but just appreciated. I think, I think I did need it. Cause I think at that point I was so closed off to dating that if you'd come off as flirty, I would have shut it down. Yeah. So then we wouldn't have had the conversation. Okay. It was, okay. it was exactly what I needed. If, if this could not have happened anymore, perfectly. I honestly, agree. don't think. I agree. Could. Yeah. <laughs> like not to brag. <laughs> so May comes around. I ask you to go out on a date, and uh, we were mid lockdown at that point. Yeah. So we could do stuff outside. Um, but even still, no, because some parks were closed down. And yeah. I remember you had made a comment about the fact that you were a. Uh, uh, a rule follower. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we needed vaccines at that point. We needed vaccines. Yeah. To, like it was recommended that you were vaccinated before like interacting with people, even outside in close proximity. Yeah. So we, uh, I think we both had booked our vaccine at yes. some point in yeah. the future, like around that point. So we had postponed the date 
you had suggested like, you know, once me and my family are vaccinated and you are vaccinated, um, I'm, I'm down for the day. We'll right. Day, yeah. So that happened about a month later. And I remember like, even, even the fact that it got postponed, like I saw as a plus because it's like, Oh, like, you know, it, it this just seems really like organic and casual and not, well, yeah, it was casual. Casual. Like in sense, we, there was not a lot of pressure. Pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like, even though it got postponed like a month, I was okay with that. I was honestly, like I was even, I welcomed that. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate I, I Yeah. So I brought up postponing it. Um, and then Kyle was very understanding of that. I was worried because, you know, Kyle had, you know, when you had bowed out to, to, you know, try a different relationship instead of going on our date, like I really respected how you went about that. And I think we handled that really well. And then we'd, you know, as we, uh, reconnected in March and then we're talking, I respected you a lot. And so I was scared to upset you. Um, because I was like, like, that's a really nice guy. Like, I don't want him to think I'm taking advantage of, the, of how nice he's being. Which I didn't. Which I did. Yeah, that was really nice. That was like very um, appreciated because I, that's another thing with, that I struggled with, with dating is that when you met like a nice guy, I didn't, I didn't want to be the reason like nice guys got jaded and then started being like terrible guys. Right. Because nice guys have something going for them, even if it doesn't work out with someone. Yeah. Right. And so instead of. And I mean, this can apply to girls too, but I'm just talking about from my experience, I was always scared to give someone a bad experience and then have them change their ways for like the worse because they're like, oh, being the nice guy didn't work out for me. So now I'm, you know, I'll try being the jerk. I was afraid of that happening to me as a result of my negative experiences, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that I was able to gather myself and stay true to who I wanted to be. That was, that was big for me. Yeah. And so I, I was worried about how you would take it, but you took it so well. And then I, I was like, yeah, sure. Like makes yeah. sense. I mean, it was a valid reason. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause it wasn't, a, it wasn't a no, it wasn't a cancel. It was, it was as upfront and honest as you could have been. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's always worked out really well for us. Yeah, exactly. I feel like leading up to the, the actual date, the dynamic changed. I don't know if I got a bit flirty or at that point, I can't really remember. Um, I think I started, like, I would comment on... I was going to say, I feel like, like you were more complimentary. Complimentary? Com- you, com- you complimented was, me more. Yeah. <laughs> Which was... So it was nice, because I know when you're trying to be platonic, um, you would, you, there were still some things you complimented me on. Yeah, when you're... Your being, hair's one. Yeah. I love your hair. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, when you're being... When you're, pl- when you're having platonic conversation, like, you can be... There's a... You, you can be nice, but you don't want it to come off as flirty. Right. So you would compliment me at, like like early on, but then, you know, once we've established we were going on a date, there was definitely more compliments coming in, which I definitely got me in the mood. Right. And I think as we also got closer to the day, we, we started talking a lot more about boundaries because I think as it became more real, like, Oh, this is happening. I think we had a lot of conversations about boundaries via Instagram before the meeting. And, and I, I think that was a good thing for us. Yeah. I actually, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I had like a, as we're getting closer to the date, I had like a panic attack. about getting back into dating uh, not a literal panic yeah. attack but i was very overwhelmed with emotion that i and i called sam and i was like sam like i agreed to go on this date with this guy but like i don't know if i'm ready like what if i go like i'm not ready to go through that like whole thing again and after like that I- experience with that guy i was going through a lot of like i was the most insecure i'd ever been in my entire life like i i, 
I think like generally speaking, women go through a lot of insecurity in like high school. I didn't have that. I had some insecurity, but not, it was nothing. And then just like 20, like being 26 and like having that experience, the most insecure I'd ever been. So when I was first on Bumble, I was very confident about talking about like what my boundaries were um, as like a Christian in dating. Um, but then like going on to this date, I was like telling Sam, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to tell him. Like, I don't know, like, I don't want to do anything casual. And so she was like, just tell him that she was like, if you, she's like, you like this guy, but you haven't gone on the first date yet. She's like, tell him your boundaries. Like you used to tell guys on Bumble before you went on a first date, you told them your boundaries before you met them. So just tell him. So I remember messaging Kyle, like this, like a long message. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like. I want to get married and I want to have kids and I don't date for the sake of dating. Yeah. And I was like, if, if nothing I've said thus far has pushed him away, like that might. And, and the best part about it is I read that. And as I was reading it all, I was just smiling ear to ear. <laughs> and I think I responded saying, you know, basically TLDR <laughs> same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm in it for all these reasons too. Yeah. And if anything, they're, they're all green flags being checked off, like right in front of my eyes. And yeah. And that really like those conversations that we had, like right before dating mm-hmm. really made me hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I remember thinking that like all, like every time I sent like a message that I thought was annoying or too much or, or like crazy. Um, I remember thinking, I'm like, Kyle's not going to respond to that. And I remember thinking it was going to happen like every single, like, like, it was, like there was like seven or eight times where I thought that that was going to happen. I was like, Kyle's not going to respond to that. <laughs> Kyle's not going to respond to that. <laughs> like the, up until that one where I said that like, I, I, you know, want you s- marriage and kids. Yeah. Um, I, like I, I actively tried to scare you away. No, that's good. <laughs> and like Kyle just wouldn't. <laughs> I think there's something to be said about that tactic, right? Cause yeah. like if you try to scare somebody away with just being straight up and they do get scared away, like you, you save yourself. Yeah. Like that, you know, like at, at, I feel like even before we went on our first date, like this probably sounds crazy. It sounds silly to say in retrospect because I'm in love with you now. So it's like it, it is what it is. But like if we hadn't gone on our like with everything that led up to our buildup and the buildup of the first date, if for some reason that didn't work out and we left on mutual terms, I think to some degree I already like loved you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you'd already checked off like you'd already checked off so many like green flags for me. Like, I feel like I would have left that experience being very hopeful of dating because I was like, if there's guys like Kyle out there, like I'll be fine. Yeah. That's very sweet. <laughs> the closer it got to date day, date one day, the more I was like nervous, excited because you were checking off all the boxes. And I was like, wow, this could be it. Like, yeah. This could be the one to end them all. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just remember v- being very optimistic and hopeful about going on the date. And you you really eased my mind prior to meeting you in person. Yeah. Because Likewise. we were so open and honest, brutally in some cases. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like in, in, in cases where you thought you were going to scare me off, those were like the, the messages that I felt like I was most drawn to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, it was beautiful. It really was. It really was. Yeah. yeah. 
it ended up being like the best first date I've ever been on personally. Not to brag. So <laughs> we met up at Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I told Kyle, I like just further inconvenience. I was like, I don't have a ride to our first date. Like I don't have a car. So can I just meet you? Cause we were like, well, Kyle's date was we'll meet up at Starbucks and then we'll go to Centennial park. Right. And then I was like, I don't have like, can, I was like, I'm, I won't be able to drive myself. Like I don't have a car. Like, can you drive me from the Starbucks to the Centennial park? So I was like, yeah, I'll just get in the car with a stranger. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was kind of risky, but at the same time I was, I don't like, I'm not, I'm not an advocate for that necessarily. Um, but, but I, I feel like I, I, that's how comfortable I was yeah, going into this first yeah. date. And so I took an Uber to the Starbucks. The protocol for taking an Uber at this point of the, of COVID was like, you had to roll the windows down. Right. And also it was like the hottest day of summer. Yeah. And so I was already sweating. <laughs> the windows were down. So my hair was super frizzy and I was like, I am going to, I am going on a first date looking like this. Right. Yeah. The Uber like drops me off at the Starbucks and then Kyle's parked at the end of the parking lot by where the drive through starts. And I also have to walk towards Kyle for like five minutes. Oh yeah. What seemed like five minutes. (laughs) It was the longest like build up walk I've ever been a part of. (laughs) I was like, it felt like I was just presenting myself. (laughs) Yeah. That was really interesting. Um, Well, I mean, from my point of view, like there was uh, a bit of stress before the date as well, because I mean, I, I'm a bit of like a hopeful romantic Mm -hmm. and I was already very confident that it was like, even before the date, I was super confident that this was going to go somewhere, right? It could be blind confidence. It could just be, I have great intuition. (laughs) I'll take the latter. So I was thinking about all the, all these different ways that I could just improve the date, like literally hours before the date was in Mississauga. I live in Toronto. So I had to drive to Mississauga and I drove down there early and I was like, okay, like, what can I do? Flowers. I'm going to get her flowers. I didn't really know any like flower shops that I could have went to. So I'm like, I'm just going to go to Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) So I go to Walmart, pick up some roses that were like half dead. Um, (laughs) They were great. They were great roses. Uh, I had, I still had like 30 minutes before we were going to meet up. And then I was like, oh man, like I'm actually kind of hungry right now. <laughs> so there's a, in the same parking lot as the Starbucks, there's a Burger King. So I'm like, I'm going to just like rip into BK right now. And have a chicken <laughs> sandwich. So I get a chicken sandwich and I'm like, Hey, can I also get like a cup of water as well? <laughs> so I get this cup of water. I somehow like put it in the basket, I think of my trunk. And then I put the roses in there to like help them stay alive, I guess, (laughs) or give them a bit of extra life. I think it helped because when you gave them to me, they did not look dead. Yeah. Okay. You revived them. Yeah, I did revive them. Look at you go. (laughs) Miracle worker that day. So I'm like, Abby's texting me like, oh, like I'm there in like five minutes. I'm like pounding back this burger. I'm just trying to like finish (laughs) it like ASAP Rocky. You know, there's that like what felt like a five minute walk. Yeah. Uh, where you got out and then I'm walking up to you. I think I asked him like, hey, can I give you a hug? Yeah. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. Cause you never like, I think COVID made that uncertain. Like people, I didn't really under, I didn't want to assume somebody's comfort level, like yeah. in the middle of a pandemic. Right. 
Yeah, I feel like you. I, I like being asked anyway, but yeah. especially because of the pandemic, it right. was like it didn't become normal at that point. Yeah. Right. So I gave you a hug. We went back to my car, and I feel like as soon as we got back into my car, all of the confidence that I had in myself to just be like this, like you know, confident, strapping young man, <laughs> uh, kind of went out the window. I remember getting like as soon as we sat down and then pulled into the drive-through, I was like, I just became very nervous. I don't know why. And then we get the drinks. I'm like, how can I, I'm thinking, I'm still thinking about ways to make this day even better. Right. Cause we also, you, you had to revise the plan because it was so oh, hot. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, like 32 degrees or something. So yeah, I did have to revise the plan. I was like, I don't know if it's a good idea for us to be outside for too long. So after we got the drinks, I'm like, I'm just going to take her around Mississauga and show her, uh, uh, significant. Yeah, yeah. Show me like significant places to me. So. I think we started off like I, I showed you the high school that I went to. Uh, we drove by my elementary school. <laughs> I showed you the house that I grew up in. Uh, and then eventually we made our way to Centennial Park. Mm-hmm. We uh, walked up the hill, sat on this nice rock at the top. We had multiple great conversations about, you know, family boundaries. Um, Bubbles. There's bubbles outside. At this point, I liked the idea of being vulnerable. I liked the idea of opening up and talking about difficult things from the jump. I liked that we did that. So Kyle, we continued to do that. Kyle was like, let's just, you know, talk about our previous experiences, kind of get them out of the way. Yeah. So we know. And also this way, we like, we know what each other has kind of gone through up until this point. Right. And and, and I think we both kind of established that we, we wanted to make sure that what had happened in the past wasn't going to reoccur in this case. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's not, somehow we, at some point we talked about it. And so we both knew we'd been through some similar experiences. Yeah. So yeah, we, we figured it was just best to like talk about it, get it out of the way. So our first day we talked about like our dating history. Yep. Um, and like what we'd been through. And to me, that was like, that was a great idea to do on a first date, especially because we had so much conversation prior. Right. Um, so I don't know if I'd recommend it to like everybody for a first date, but because of the way we, because of the things we'd already covered leading up to the first date. Right. We had covered a lot mm-hmm. prior to that. If it's still like a sensitive topic for you. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. Probably not. So we, yeah, we talked about our dating history. We talked about family, friends. Uh, we, we, we covered a lot. Like it was a decent amount of time, but I, I did, you did make note that like you had to be home by a certain time. So I did drive you home. Mm-hmm. We went our separate ways. I remember I went home and uh, my brother and his fiance were there and I was like, my sister was there as well. And I was telling them all about you. And they were asking like, oh, like, do you see it going anywhere? And I was like, I really do. Yeah. I'm really hopeful for this. Uh, I was showing them your pictures and just (laughs) talking about like how we had such a great time and also like, you know, the build up to uh, our first date as well. Yeah. I remember I was just beaming. Hal already planned date number two. On the drive home. Right. I did. Which was the gelato, which I, yeah. which we did talk about kind of in the boundaries episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but I, I just bring it up because that was also a great sign. Um, for, from my perspective, it was great to see. Yeah. You can have a great, first, or you can think you're having a great first date, right? And then, you know, people have been blindsided by, yeah. by even that. So to already have you like planning the second date, that made me really hopeful. Yeah. I got to walk with my roses. When I got home. Yeah. I was beaming. I'd never, <laughs> never gotten flowers before. That was essentially the story of 
how we met. Yeah. And um, I wouldn't change it for the world. Me either. I guess what? Should we wrap it up? I guess so. Yeah. All right. I mean, this has been a long episode. We, we know they're not always going to be this long, but no, yeah. we, are, we will have the occasional story time so you guys can, you know, learn a bit more about us and yeah, our experience. Our experience. Yeah. And uh, so this is how we navigated some of the topics we talk about. Right. Um, and I think the message is to, you know, not shy away from sensitive topics. Vulnerability is a green flag, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody who struggles with being vulnerable, you can always work on it. I knew I had to. I was not always, I recognized that like I had a problem being vulnerable and that yeah. was something that I needed to get comfortable with. And let me tell you, it, it, it'll benefit you. So just put the work in, you know, it, it, it's not easy, but. Yeah, I think what Kyle and I both realized, like going into the relationship that is working is that, you know, we like we had work to do on ourselves. Yes. Um, we want to be like the best version of ourselves coming into this. Yeah. And I think that that uh, that's like the most effective thing that we could have done. Yeah, I agree. To make this relationship work. I agree. So I think, yeah, that's, that's today's story time. Yeah. Thank you for uh, sticking with us through this episode and uh, make sure to like comment and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week.